In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you most solemnly, anything you ask for from the Father you will grant in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and so your joy will be complete. I have been telling you all this in metaphors. The hour is coming when I shall no longer speak to you in metaphors, but tell you about the Father in plain words. When that day comes, you will ask in my name, and I do not say that I shall pray to the Father for you, because the Father himself loves you for loving me and believing that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I leave the world to go to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord The big claims our Lord makes today make us causes to pause, pinch ourselves, and proceed to verify what we've just heard. Anything you ask for from the Father, he will grant in my name. Anything, as in absolutely anything. A carte blanche offer like this sounds more like those emails you receive from the estate of some deceased tycoon or third world tyrant who seem to have randomly chosen you, a total stranger, to be the beneficiary of a huge sum of money. If you are gullible enough to believe that, then you shouldn't have any problems accepting what our Lord is offering in today's Gospel. But I guess most rational folks, including Catholics, would treat these promises as hyperbole, an exaggeration which our Lord did not mean literally. But the manner in which we should read and understand our Lord's promises should not be guided by either gullibility nor incredulity. The context is all important. The passage is found in the last section of the lengthy Firewall Discourse, our Lord's last set of teaching before he willingly submits to his passion. The discourse centers on two topics. First, our Lord continues to teach about the Holy Spirit, who will reveal the divine mystery of our Lord and his mission to the disciples left behind. Second, our Lord goes on to speak of the change that will take place after his departure. Momentary sadness of our Lord's departure will give way to everlasting joy. These two themes are essential to us, understanding what our Lord says about asking anything in his name. Before our Lord's death and resurrection, the disciples were filled with questions. We see the importance of a Socratic method in the style used by St. John to move the discourses of our Lord forward. The disciples would ask questions, and then our Lord provides the answers. But this would change after the resurrection. Being able to see our Lord again after the resurrection, their joy will be complete and he will no longer ask anything of our Lord. His resurrection will be the ultimate answer that will put an end to all questions about the Lord and his mission. The disciples would truly understand him, and the meaning 
of the cross through the action of the Spirit of Truth. Through the Holy Spirit, the risen Lord will draw disciples to share his communion with the Father. And an indication of this new relationship will be their praying to the Father in Jesus' name. This is the third time our Lord told them to pray in his name and assured them that their prayer will always be answered. So what's the secret? Is Jesus' name some secret mantra which will unlock the gates of heaven? Hardly. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray in union with him, who is completely obedient to the Father's will. Using the words of the Lord's Prayer in St. Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, it is to pray and desire that the Father's will be done. So here's the secret of the efficacy of prayer. God's answer to prayer is absolutely unequivocally guaranteed as long as we make such prayer in Jesus' name, which is to say that we pray as Jesus would. And how will Jesus pray? He will always ask for what the Father wants, instead of insisting and putting forth his own plan or agenda. There is no magical formula that guarantees that we will get whatever we ask for, no matter how frivolous and self-absorbed the request may be. In my name means, in effect, we are petitioning God to answer our prayer, if it is in conformity to his holy will, for that is the only way in which our Lord Jesus prayed. It is good to remember that God, in his infinite goodness, gives us countless favours and blessings even without our asking for them. He knows better than we do what we truly need. When we get to heaven, we'll look back and see all the good things that the Lord has done for us, even though at the time it did not occur to us to ask for such things. God is our loving, provident Father. So, if God already knows what we need and is already giving us what we need, even when we do not ask for it, why pray? Simple. Prayer doesn't change the mind of God. It changes us. We pray so that we may grow to be more like Christ and becoming more like Him. Our joy will be complete. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.